Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Well, you know, a lot of things have tried to take Christmas back, huh, in our culture and where we are. And, you know, the Grinch just sneaks around. He's he's always slipping and hiding and trying to snake things. But I think, whoa, whoa, oh, oh, the, the Grinch is going to take Christmas at Calvary? What, what, you think, you think it's that easy? Boys and girls, are you going to help me? Should the Grinch steal Christmas? I have one more time. Should we give, should the Grinch steal Christmas? All right. If you think the Grinch needs to go, give a big boo to the Grinch. Adios, amigo. going to take a little more than a Grinch to sell Christmas around here, right? So what does all that mean, really? We're having some fun. What does it mean? Take Christmas back. How do we take Christmas back? Well, you know, when I first decided to share this title of a message with you today, there were the obvious things, taking Christmas back, that you think of. We, we think about how Christmas has been so commercialized. We think about how, for most places, Christmas is just something to monetize to profit from, to take over, take control. Uh, we, we think about how uh, people, some people at Christmas, it's just pressure, just stress. Did I get the right gift? All these people are coming over to the house, and am I ready for it? And I'm going to have to eat Christmas lunch with some people I don't like. And I know none of you have that, but, you know, there's, there's you know, what, what does it mean to take Christmas back? We've, we've even reached a place in our political correctness where just saying Merry Christmas has become controversial. So we could talk about all those things. What does it mean to take Christmas back? But while I was just contemplating that, thinking about this message, praying, studying, I, the Holy Spirit just kind of tapped me and said, I want you to pause for a minute. He said, I don't want to talk about that today. This is what the Holy Spirit t- tapped my heart. He said, I want you just to take them back today. I want you to take Christmas back to its origin today. Let's not talk about what's happening Let's talk about what Christmas really means today. So I want to take you back. I want to take you back to how Christmas began, what it's all about, what it really means, and, 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 and what, that, what that has for us today. It's glad to have our families and our children and our students in with Pastor Brock, and, and, and we're glad you're here. So let's look at this. What does it mean to take Christmas back to its origin? That's what we want to do. Well, when did Christmas happen? Let's talk about that. When did it happen? Where did it happen? Where did this thing begin? Well, you know from Scripture, we're going to read some in a moment, that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. In a, uh, it was an incredible miracle that God did. We know it's about 2,021 years, 200, 2021 years ago, right there at that time. His coming divided time to a, uh, B.C. and A.D. We know that he came to be the Savior of the world. But when did he come? Have, have you thought about that moment when Christ was born? Have you done a little thinking about that and where we are today? He was born in the midst of a complete government and political failure. Rome had overtaken Israel. They were part of the Roman Empire. They were a far-flung outpost from Rome. And those that were over them were there for their own good. And and government wasn't what they'd expected and wanted. They were serving something. and, And it was a tough time. And then not only was the government struggling over Jerusalem and, and Bethlehem when he was born, but the, the economy was, was up and down and crashing. 
And not only that, the religious system had completely failed them. There had not been a prophet in 400 years. And so when Jesus came, when he came, where he came, things weren't going well. People were trying to find their way. They were trying to figure out what's going on. Everything that they had trusted in, their government, the economy, and their religion was just eroding all the way around them. And that's where he came. And that's when he came. And, and you need to understand that in the midst of all the failure of man, I want you to make this personal today, okay? I want you to think about where you're walking in your life right now. In the midst of everything around them that they had trusted in to take care of them and to bring stability in their life, and all of it was crashing, that's exactly where God sent his son. He came exactly where he had made a promise. I have good news to you. No matter how difficult your circumstances may be, no matter how many human entities have let you down, when God makes a promise, He will fulfill His promise. He will do what He said, where He said He would do it. If God can't find anyone else to do it, God will do it Himself, but God will keep His promise. Can you say amen to that? So that's where this happened. In the middle of the failure of man's systems, God's promise was fulfilled. But why would God do that? Why would God, who is holy and perfect and, and, and completely in order, why would God send His Son, His one and only Son, into the most confused and, and disintegrating and disappointing location that He could come? Why would God do such a thing? Well, let's look at the first scripture, John three sixteen. We Everybody knows it, but does everybody understand it? Why? Why did he come? Read it out loud with me. Would you do that? Let's read it. For God so loved the world. Stop there. That's why. Why did Jesus come? Why did this plan happen? Why did God do that? For God so what loved us? Let's read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever. How many are thankful you're a whoever today? That whoever. That's us. That whoever what? Believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Why would God do what he did? I think we run right over that. I think we just uh, uh, just gloss over that. God sent his one and only son. God gave his best to us. That's why we're celebrating. I don't know why you have a tree and presents and sing and, 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 and bake goodies. I, I, I love all that. Don't you love all that about Christmas? You know, you can love Jesus and love Christmas. Okay, some people get real uptight about some things. I love all the joy of Christmas. All of it means I'm celebrating that God loved us so much, come on, that he gave his very best, and it's overwhelming, the grace of God. God did that. Why, why did he do it? He did it because he loved us that much, but he did it because we were in trouble without him. We were desperate. Look at Galatians 4, 4 through 7. I want you to look at, just give you some thoughts, some scriptures today about how blessed we are. Galatians chapter 4. Turn there with me. And let's look, look at verse number 4. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. I love this. But when the time had fully come, think about that. Do you know that sometimes we think God forgot about his promise? Let Christmas today remind you that God hasn't forgotten you or forgotten his promise. When the time had fully come, I'm reminded of Galatians, it says, in due season, when the time has fully come, what happened? We will reap a harvest if we do not give up, faint, go away on this thing. So I want to tell you today, 
maybe you're here today on this Christmas service on site or online to be reminded God's timing is always perfect. And God will keep his promise. So watch this. When the time had fully come, when the moment God had ordained came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to do what? To redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. And you could say daughter. So at the perfect moment, when the law was failing, when the law was oppressing, when the religion was not getting us there, God said, it's time for me to send my son. It's time for me to step into this moment. And what happened? We received full rights as sons and daughters. Because you are sons of God. Sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. And the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter. And since you are a son or a daughter, God has made you an heir. When we were at our lowest moment, when everything was there, God said, I'm still on time for you today. Can I encourage you today? God's on time for you. Amen? I know you've been waiting, but he's waiting to make it just right. He's waiting to make it just right. You know when mom's cooking those, baking those Christmas cookies? How many know what I'm talking about? Can you start smelling them before they're ready? Have you ever walked in and smelled that smell? You know, something's baking. And what happens? I want to eat it right then. Don't you want to eat it right then? But have you ever eaten an unbaked cookie compared to one baked just right? See, some of you are trying to mess up this masterpiece God's doing in your life. He hasn't forgotten you. It's, he's baking right now. Your answer's coming right now. It's walking at you right now. The time is online. He hasn't forgotten. Don't mess the timing up. You don't want that doughy cookie. You want the baked cookie. Come on. You don't want the half-baked miracle. You want the whole miracle to happen in your life. We have to understand the timing of God is good. And he's just making what it ought to be. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.21. Why did God send his son? Because he loved us. Why did he send his son? We were desperately in need of him to come. Look at this. What was Christmas about? Uh, Christ being born of a virgin. God being placed in the womb of a virgin to birth his humanity. Look at this. For God made Christ, who what? Never sinned. To be what? The offering. For our sin. Why? So that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. There was no way we would ever be made right with God. There was no money you could pay. No job you could do. No earning you could be about. There was no way for fallen man to be restored to God. But God said, I'm going to make my son the sin offering. I'm going to send him. See, that's why he was born of a virgin. He had to walk in our shoes. He had to face what we faced. He had to go to the cross and pay for our sin. Not just as God, but God wrapped in our flesh. The good news for you and I celebrating this Christmas Sunday is there's something far greater going on today than just the calendar and a Christmas tree and gifts under the tree. It's the good news that you and I were in, in, we were separated from God. There was no way to get back, but God loved you so much. He said, I'm going to close the gap. I'm going to send my son. He's going to pay the price for every sin that you've ever committed. That's why we celebrate today. It's incredible good news. So how did God do that? Go to Luke chapter 1. How did all that come together? Go to Luke chapter 1 with me. And let's read this account. Luke 1. And let's go to verse number 26. Luke 1, 26. How did it happen? How did heaven get to work? How did God's love become real? How did all this take place? 
In the sixth month, Luke 1.26, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Can I tell you something? God knows where you are today. Do you hear what I'm saying? Those of you who have been praying and waiting, God knows where you are today. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. God knows where uh, Morgan County, Alabama is. God knows where Limestone County, Alabama is. God knows where Lawrence County, Alabama is. God knows where Madison County, Alabama is. God knows where Colbert County is. He knows where Marshall County is. He can jump over the Tennessee line. He knows where those of you that live there. I'm going to tell you something. God knows where you're living today. God has a plan for that. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, not just any town, a town, okay, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, watch this. This young girl living in a remote village has a greeting from an angel who says, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Do you know that right now God's watching you and you're not even aware of this? Do you know that God is looking over your life and ordaining a plan like it was for Mary and Mary had no idea? Do you know right now the favor of God is moving toward you and you may not even know it? Do you know that the favor of God has an assignment to come find you where you live? He knows your name. He knows where you are. He knows his plan for your life. You have no idea. You're just living and serving and moving along. But I'm going to tell you, favor has a divine appointment with your life. Come on. Somebody be thankful for that today. Favor is looking for you. I know some folks don't think they need favor. Well, that's because you're living below your life at the highest level. But when you begin to live by faith and realize God has more for you than just getting up and going to sleep and getting up going to sleep, going to work and coming home and spending your money when you begin to realize God put me here. God knows my name. God has a plan for me. And as I walk with him in that plan, he has favor coming at me every single day. So he says, your favor, look at this, the Lord is with you. Mary wasn't aware of the degree of how close God was. Can I help us, Calvary family? Can I help you online? God is with us today. God is with you today. He's walking in this process. So Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, listen to this. Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. (laughs) Do you realize that everybody wants God's favor, but sometimes the plan connected with the favor is so great you can't imagine what God's going to do. Do you know, we all want favor. What is favor? Well, favor is God's hand extended to you. Favor is when God steps in and does something no one else could do. It's when favor will take you. You've heard the term that that an hour of favor can do more than a lifetime of labor. I want to say that again. One hour of favor can do more than a lifetime of labor. The world calls it being lucky. God says, I put you in the right place at the right time because you have an assignment and you've been walking with me in those days when you thought were real plain and ordinary and you struggled and you got tired of waiting. Every day you serve me, you're one day closer to a divine appointment that will propel you to the next season in your life. And so she, she was overwhelmed with this plan. He said, he said, don't be afraid. Remember, you found favor with God. Now watch this. <laughs> the plan took a detour. You'll be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Sounds wonderful for us. 
but you weren't Mary. And I'm not Mary. And what is the greatest news we've ever heard was the most shocking news she had ever heard. And her next question was, how is this going to be? I'm a virgin. How am I going to have a baby? I like favor. I like God with me. But what do you mean I'm going to have a baby? Do you mean after I get married, I'm engaged? He said, no, no, you're going to have a baby. I don't understand, she said. I don't understand how that's going to happen. Do you know that sometimes what looks like a detour to you is exactly a shortcut to the next thing God's going to do in your life? Do you see, Mary said, I wasn't planning that. I'm planning to get married. I was going to have, get married and then have the baby. And God said, well, you're going to have a baby and then you're going to get married. See, sometimes my plan is different than God's plan. Sometimes the way I think God is going to do it is different than his plan. And there comes those moments in life where I have to say, God, I don't understand how you're going to do it, but I believe you can do it. How many believe he can do it today? I don't understand. I didn't see that plan. That wasn't on my plan. You know, some of you got your day timer and your calendar and everything so marked up. Did, did, did you put God on there any place? I mean, did, did, is there anywhere there for God to step in and say, uh, could I do something? Might I change this? Is there anything that says this week leading up to Christmas, could I step in your home? Could I walk into your family? Could I come into that celebration? Could I shock you with my favor? Could I walk into the moment and take a detour? Would we be willing to do that? Because sometimes, that was scary, I turned on my phone and I was looking back at myself. See, uh, my, my photo there scared me. So here's what I want you to see. I want you to recognize these moments, these moments that challenge us are the opportunities to see God's greatest work happen in our life. I want our students to know that. I want our boys and girls to know that. That sometimes at the moment, it's not always easy to say yes to God, but there is a blessing that comes with that every single time. So how is this going to happen? So watch this. She said, I don't understand. How will this be? I just don't understand it. Verse 35. Everyone in this room, everyone listening to me, you have to read these next verses. You have to understand this. How is it going to be? How is God going to do what I can't do? Have you ever battled an issue in your life that you felt like giving up on? You don't have to raise your hand. Have you ever been trapped in an addiction that someone told you you were born that way and you'll never get over that? Have you ever had a stronghold in your life that you felt was impossible and so you just decided, I've got to learn to put up with this? Have you ever had an abuse committed against you that you felt so violated that you thought, I'll never be whole again? Who will ever love me? Who will ever watch out for me? I'll I'll, I'll never be loved by anyone else. Have you ever had a depression that was so intense that, and man, I just, can, can you give me a moment? I sense the Holy Spirit saying to someone online right now, you wanted to come, but you couldn't get out of bed. You're in your home, and the lights are off. I, I, by the Spirit, I'm no whatever. By the Spirit, I see you sitting in a dark room right now. And the only light is that screen in front of you. And I'm going to tell you something. That depression is not greater than your God. And the thoughts you've had associated with that are not going to take your life. And God intervened in this moment in your life. What I want you to understand right now is that God has something. That the world doesn't have. There's something. Can I tell you. When God designs a plan for your life. 
He sees the places we feel are going to be impossible. And he already is ready for that moment. He's aware of that moment. Mary says, you can't have a baby by yourself. Mary said, I don't understand this plan. How am I going to tell people? Who's going to believe me? How can I conceive? How can I move from where I am to what you're saying? I don't understand it. Look at verse 35. If you're depressed, if you're bound, if you're addicted, if you're frightened, if you're depressed, how will this be? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Church family, I want to say to you today, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How do I get out of this addiction? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How do I forgive the person who violated me? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How do I get up out of this depression? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How do I break out of a pattern that had been my lifelong journey? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Pastor, I want my life to change. I'm tired of living in this sin. I'm tired of the decisions that I'm making, but it's too late for me. I've gone too far. I've done too much. I don't think I can change. I have good news for you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called Son of God. The Holy Spirit has the ability to put something in you today that's holy and powerful and mighty will bring about God's purposes. Even Elizabeth, your relative, verse 36, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said, I like this, she who was said to be barren, she's already in her six months. See, the title people put on you just got trumped. <laughs> the identity that the devil put on you just got trumped. He said, just so you know, you know your old Aunt Elizabeth over there? Yes, sir. Well, you know, all of her life she wanted a baby and she couldn't have one. I understand that. Just, just so you know that I'm representing the God who can do anything he said. You don't even know it, but she's already six months pregnant right now. See, some of you are sitting on top of a miracle and haven't even recognized it yet. There are some things already working in your life you didn't recognize. You thought that person leaving you was the worst thing that ever happened. It's just so you could see that God has a miracle six months already working in your life. You didn't even know what God's doing all the way around. See, that's why we're celebrating Christmas. It means that God invaded everything that we call impossible. He stepped into every moment that has held us back and said, I can do it. I can do what I said. Now, this is the promise, verse 37. I have an, uh, the original uh, translation of the New International Version. And, and, and my Bible <laughs> says, for nothing is impossible with God. But just another way to say it is this. Oh, oh look, you, you did it, didn't you? In fact, I have this, some of you have the newer NIV, and, and I, I told the tech team, I said, if you'll find the old version of the NIV, I'll give you $100. I meant it. I told them, so you'll find the old version. Somebody just had Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas back there. I'm going to give you the $100. 
so, so why did I say that? Because I like my version. <laughs> I like the one I'm reading. It, for nothing is impossible with God. Do we understand that? Mary, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and the power of the Most High overshadows you, nothing's impossible with God. Calvary family, can I tell you today, it doesn't matter what's going on, what somebody else said, what someone else did, what the economy happened, what COVID did, what the mask did with the vaccine. And by the way, can I say something? I really want to commend people who are concerned about their health. They're wearing a mask and they come to church with a mask on. That means it wasn't easy for you to come, but you came. You know there's issues going on, but you put the mask on and came. Let's give them a hand today. I'm glad you're here with the mask on. See, a long time ago, we quit fighting. Who's got a mask? Who doesn't have a mask? Who got a vaccine? Who didn't get a vaccine? Who got boosted? Who didn't get boosted? I'm just trying to find the people of God. Is that okay? Can we just be the family of God? Let everybody else solve the other problems? Thank you. <laughs> Joseph and Mary. What does all this say to us? Ordinary people. You know, God's not looking for the, for, for the uh, super ordinary. He's looking for the ordinary. He's just looking for the natural. Listen, I want to help you. See, how do we give honor to God? God, we give God the natural and God gives us the super. (laughs) See, if I give you my natural, he'll put a super on your natural. He'll make it supernatural. But it starts with the natural. God makes it supernatural. How many hear what I'm saying? So he said, Mary, I'm going to choose you. Just a young girl, not famous, small little village. No one ever heard of her. She was afraid when she heard God's message. Joseph struggled to believe. Now, Joseph was a kind man. We read in Matthew's account that when he heard about this, well, how did he hear that Mary had conceived? Mary told him. And you know what Joseph did? He said, being a a, a righteous man, he decided to put her away privately. In other words, he said, I can't believe that. I don't believe you, Mary. Joseph struggled to believe this. And he was a kind man. Instead of embarrassing her, dragging her in front of the elders and the community, he said, I'm just going to send you away privately. I'm going to be a kind man. But my heart's broken. I don't believe you. I thought I was going to get married. I thought I was going to have a wife. I was planning it. And you tell me this ridiculous story. I'm going to be kind to you, but I don't believe you. I'm going to send you away. Then he went to sleep. You know, some of you, you've got to go to sleep before God get a hold of you. Some of you run from God so hard all day long, got your, got your buds in your ears and everything going, and God's been talking. You don't know God's been talking. How would you know God's been talking? He's never been quiet for 10 seconds. You don't pray. You don't read your Bible. Don't shout me down now. I didn't, I didn't know it was everybody. I was talking to those other people out there. I didn't know you were here. You never pray, never read your Bible, never get something out of your ears. You say, God never talks to me. Dear God, how would you know? How would you even begin to know? So some of you, just like Joseph, I wouldn't doubt, you're probably going to go home and have a dream tonight. Get, get out of bed and get saved. Would you do that when he would just roll out and say, yes, Lord? So you'd have a dream. He said, Joseph, she told you the truth. Don't be afraid. Take her as your wife. You know, we always give, and, and we should, we give all the credit to Mary. I mean, come on. What an incredible decision that young girl made. But you know, when God chose, think of this, when God chose Mary, she was already engaged to Joseph. Think of this, man. So when God chose Mary, he chose her based on several factors. One of those was who she was engaged to. Have you ever thought about that? Part of the qualification to give birth to the humanity of Jesus was the quality of the man who she was engaged to. Mary gets the credit. 
But we need to pause for a minute and think about Mr. Joseph. God looked at her and said, I trust that man. I can trust that man. You know, you may be a stepfather today. You may not be the birth dad of that boy or that girl in that house. But I'm going to tell you, if God trusted you with a family and he put you in there as a stepdad, that's an honor he gave to Joseph. I want to say to you, sir, pick your head up. Raise those children. Do what you can. You can't go back, but you can go forward. Set an example. God will honor that. Joseph was part of the choosing of Mary to give birth to the Son of God. Ordinary people. Ordinary people. See, the whole gospel is right here in this story. We can't do it, but God can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need the super ordinary, uh, supernatural. He just needs some ordinary people who will say, God, here's my life. Look at these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. I want you to see this. The, who is God looking for today? Verse 26. Brothers, sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Think about that for a minute. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Are you ready? But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Are you with me? God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things. And the things that are not. See, the devil's been beating some of us up. Come on, have think about this. And you know what he's been saying to you? He said, hey, who do you think you are? You, you were uh, not wise. You weren't influential. You're not of noble birth. Some people have called you foolish and there's been shame. And you're weak. And, 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 but you know what happens? Because of that, you need to lift your head up today. Because God said, I chose that. I chose what everybody else rejected. I picked what everybody else overlooked. Why? He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. All right. Aren't you thankful for that today? Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness holiness and redemption therefore as it is written let him who boasts boast in the Lord my friends today it doesn't matter where we came from who we were when he found us he found us he accepted us he loved us and today we celebrate that God takes the ordinary and does great things with them why because the Holy Spirit comes upon us and the power of the most high overshadows us That's why we celebrate. That's why we love the Lord. But I want you to see verse 38 before we begin to move to a conclusion. I want you to see verse 38. The angel had given her this incredible message. I've shared this with you before. But I want to emphasize it today because we're seeing God step into our moment. I want you to look at this. Uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 38. I want you to see what it says here. You, You would think. I always stopped reading after verse 37. Because the angel said, nothing's impossible with God. And I said, wow, awesome, let's go. But look at this. There was one more verse in this narrative. There was one more moment in this encounter. Are you with me? Everything God said he would do. Why didn't the angel just leave? He gave the message, let's go. Because this had to happen. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. Everything you've told me, she said, here's my life. I'm your servant. And then what does she say? May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Do you realize this moment? 
God sent an angel, a mighty angel, to a village called Nazareth in Galilee to a young girl and said, the plan of God is for you to give birth to his humanity. The plan of God is the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. But it hadn't happened yet. This is what God said I want to do with your life, Mary. And I thought the angel dropped the word and left because it's God's will. Watch this. But before the angel could leave and go back to heaven successfully, heaven, the angel, the plan of God, waited on one little girl to say, okay, you can take my life. I'll be your servant. May it be to me as your word is said. It's stunning to me. The mighty archangel had to stand and fold his wings and wait for a little girl to say, okay, okay. God, I'm intimidated. I'm overwhelmed. I've never seen it like this, but I trust you. Can I tell you today, if you walk out of this place, I want you to take one thing when we go, is this. If God said it, and I believe it, Nothing's going to be impossible in my life. But I have to say yes. Are you hearing me? I have to say here's my life. Christianity's not a theory. Christmas isn't a theory. What you're praying to happen in your life is not a theory. It's a reality. When? When I say yes. When I say here's my life. When I surrender to him. Every promise in the Bible is waiting on someone to receive that promise. Everything Jesus came to do is waiting for someone to receive what Jesus came to do. Walking in this building today has been blessed and glorious, but you can walk out the same way you walked in. You cannot just walk in a building. You cannot just sit in a service. You cannot just mentally agree that's true. There has to come the moment when you stand alone before Almighty God and say, I trust you. I trust you. I give my life to you. I understand you came. I understand you love me. I understand nothing is impossible. I understand that what I cannot do, you can do. But I say yes to every bit of that. I trust you with my life. God, take my life and make it happen. You're the only one. I want to read my final verse to you. Let's look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I want you to see this. You've got to understand that you and I, when we receive him, everything changes. Look at this declaration about the coming of Jesus. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. See the capital W? That's a title. He's the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, through Jesus, through the word of God, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Oh, you got to see this. In him was what? Life. And that life was what? The light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Do you know what another translation says? The darkness could not overcome it. The darkness could not Take hold of it. The darkness could not push the light away. You know the Bible says that before we come to Christ. Worship team join me. That before we come to Christ. The Bible says the God of this age has what? Blinded the minds 
of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But when the word of God comes, under the power of the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of the Lord steps in your life, when Jesus walks into that moment, the light turns on. Come on. And the darkness cannot overcome that light. Church family, I'm going to ask you today, in this moment, in this Christmas, to look at your life and say, God, you've been good to me. How many can say, the Lord's been good to us? How many can say, God has blessed me? How many are thankful the light of the gospel has come into our life? That favor came on us. That God chose us. That there's nothing impossible for him. Here's what I want to do. We're going to start, and I, and I want you, there are buckets. If you'll look under, if you're sitting on my right, it'll be your left side. Look down under your chair on the ends of some of these sections. I want you to pull that bucket up. And inside of it is a candle. I want you to take one and pass the bucket. There is a darkness that Satan would like to bring to the world around us. Make sure everybody gets one. Just keep passing them, okay? But there's a light that overcomes every one of those darknesses. It should be a little candle like this with this wax barrier on it, all right? I want you to have one. The darkness hasn't overcome it. There's no way it can because the power of God that works with his light. Phyllis, I want you to come join me up here, please. Come this way. I hope. Okay. Do you know that everything that comes to us, church family, are you listening to me? Everything that comes to us is supposed to come through us. How many heard what I just said? How many have received the gospel of Jesus Christ? We can't keep it to ourselves. And the power of the Holy Spirit, listen to me, that lives in your life is the hope of this world. To light up Jesus. To see who He is. I want you to see the potential of this Jesus that lives in us. Did you get your candle? We need some candles up here. Thank you. Thank you. We'll get one. Yeah, yeah. We want them to have them too when the bucket gets around. Listen to me. I just want to illustrate this. I want you to know how incredibly important your light is. I want you to know that it can't be overcome. So listen to me. Mom, single mom, you're raising those children, doing everything you can. Listen to me, ma'am. You're worried about what you're going to give those boys and girls this Christmas or you're listening to your pastor. You light that candle in that home. And you're giving them everything they could ever dream or ask for. The presents and the gifts have come along. Are you with me, Mom? Listen to me, young families, trying to make it work. You're worried about what's not there. Can I tell you something? If you bring Jesus in that moment, the light's going to come on in that situation. Mom and Dad, you've been crying over that prodigal son or daughter. I'm going to tell you the darkness cannot overcome the light. I'm going to tell you it cannot overcome that light. You've been praying that God's going to restore that marriage. I want you to listen to your pastor today. The darkness cannot overcome that light. You let your light shine. You students in those schools, I know that the atmosphere is not godly there. I know there are times it's intimidating. But I want to tell you students today, the darkness can't overcome that light. The darkness can't overcome it. You don't have to answer every question, be able to solve everything. Just let your light shine. Just let your light shine. 
We're the light. We bear the light. Do you understand that Jesus is the light? And now we bear that light. And I want us to see what that means. So, we're going to drop lights. Come on, Pastor Robert. Looks better in here now, doesn't it? This is who we are. If we're really thankful for Christmas, are you listening? Let your light shine. If you're really, really thankful, if the goodness of God has been in your life, I'm going to ask you to be thankful. I'm going to ask you to let your light shine. Let's sing to Him today. Let's honor Him as you hold this candle. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Can you guys lead us? Recognizing what Jesus did in your life, recognizing what He wants to do in this world today. I want us to pray. And everywhere in your life where light needs to come, every situation, every person that needs the presence of Jesus, I want you to begin to declare their name or declare that situation right now as we hold this light. The Bible says the darkness cannot overcome. It cannot overcome. There is no way that the enemy can overcome the power of God. So today, I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit comes on us in a new way. And the power of God will overshadow us. And I agree with you. Phyllis and I agree with you right now in this prayer that where the enemy has put some dark places, the light is coming on in the name of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we declare today in the name of Jesus that your light... Your blessing, your presence, your favor is being released over the families and the homes and the individuals of this great moment, God, of this Calvary family. Lord, we thank you today that right now where the dark has been, light is coming. We thank you right now, Father, that where the enemy has caused there to be trouble, hardship, pain, despair, there is healing and hope and anointing and salvation. God, I thank you for that today. God, I thank you that you are able. I thank you that your power comes in. The Holy Spirit comes in. The light of hope comes in. We thank you, Father God. Nothing, no darkness can take possession or overcome the light of Jesus Christ. We release your blessing and your favor, your hope, your grace, and your strength. We love you. We honor you, God. 
we adore you, Father God. And we say to you, Jesus, we've come to adore you today. We've come to carry your light everywhere we go. Thank you for calling us, choosing us, finding us, allowing us to represent you. We love you with all of our heart and all our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.